Welcome to the Michigan Minds Podcast, a quick and informative analysis of today's top issues from University of Michigan faculty. Welcome to Michigan Minds. I'm so excited about the guests that we have with us today. We're going to be talking about Veterans Day and a really incredible program that is run at U of M. So I'm going to go ahead and ask our guest to introduce themselves and share a little bit about their role at U of M. Hi, Erica. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm Matt Andres. I am the director of the Veterans Legal Clinic at the Michigan Law School. Um, and uh, the Veterans Legal Clinic is a free uh, legal services clinic uh, for veterans. We serve exclusively veterans um, in Michigan um, and generally in the Southeast Michigan area. Uh, so we serve, primarily serve 10 counties uh, in Southeast Michigan, um, which covers about 47% uh, of Michigan's veterans uh, who are eligible for our services. Um, and, uh, and we also occasionally will provide service to people outside of that area as well. Um, they get to do the work for, for the veterans um, and uh, represent them in court. Um, we uh, do a whole variety of cases that end up in court or may end up in court. And, uh, and so we will take cases like uh, housing and landlord tenant cases, which we've had a lot of lately since the eviction moratoria have expired. Um, we do family law cases, so divorces and custody cases, uh, child support issues, that sort of thing. We also do consumer disputes. Um, uh, so if somebody has a problem with a business uh, and they need, to, they need us to take action on their behalf, uh, we can do that. Also, if a business is suing them for a, for a debt uh, or, or something like that, we will handle those cases. Financial abuse by family members or other third parties uh, who are taking advantage of our client, uh, often our, an elderly client. Um, and we even do some employment cases uh, as well on occasion, um, if there's an employment dispute. And, uh, and then we handle some veteran-specific cases like discharge upgrades, which uh, where, where a veteran has been discharged with a, some kind of negative discharge and we're trying to get them a better discharge uh, so that they can improve their employment prospects and, and take advantage of veteran benefits. So within the Veterans Legal Clinic, you clearly work with a lot of different individuals and the veterans population holistically. So there aren't just really specific topics that you cover. It is uh, this breadth of areas. And can you just kind of share a little bit about why that is uh, so important to do, especially as we approach Veterans Day, really elaborating on the importance of a clinic such as this for veterans? Sure. So, uh, you know, we have, I, I want to make sure that everybody understands the difference between uh, different kinds of court cases. So we have, there are criminal court cases uh, where somebody is facing the potential of, of jail or some kind of other sanction uh, because of, a, of, of an allegation of, of criminal wrongdoing. Um, we don't handle those cases. We handle civil legal cases. Um, and those are cases where people are not facing jail, uh, but they, they can be very important cases uh, to them in their lives 
like getting out from under uh, child support that they can't afford or uh, getting an opportunity to see their children or making sure that they're not evicted and therefore uh, made homeless uh, or, or, you know, trying to get uh, money back that has been basically taken from them by a, by a fraudulent business or, or somebody else taking advantage of them. So all those, we, we are really focused on the financial, emotional, and even sometimes a physical health and security of our clients um, and, and helping them with things like staying in their housing, maintaining relationships with their children, um, and preserving or regaining their financial security. In criminal cases, everybody is entitled to an attorney. Um, and if you can't afford an attorney, they, as we know from the Miranda rights, one will be provided to you. But uh, in civil cases, there is no such right. And, and many people go unrepresented, um, not just veterans, but, but many other people. Um, but veterans in particular, we, you know, the clinic, we feel the clinic is important because one, I think we owe a debt to our veterans who have served our country and have sacrificed for us, regardless of what they did in the military, regardless of whether they saw combat or not, they still sacrificed years of their lives for our country and, and for all of us. And, you know, you can say, thank you for your service, um, but ultimately we need to do some things for our veterans as well to thank them for their service. And civil legal services is one area where there is definitely a gap for our veterans. Um, many of them do not qualify for legal aid services. Um, legal aid has a, a sharp cutoff at 200% of poverty, uh, which is still a very low income figure. And, uh, and also, uh, but, but people who, are, who make more than 200% of poverty can't necessarily afford an attorney for an issue that they're facing. We also are, are many of our veterans have either cases that aren't a priority for legal services, or they may not be a priority for legal services. Uh, many of our clients are single men and many legal aid programs uh, are rightly focused on children and, and other issues regarding families. And, uh, and so there really is a gap where that many of our, our veteran clients fall through and are just unable to get assistance for their civil legal needs. Um, and that's the gap that the Veterans Legal Clinic uh, was set up to fill. And, uh, and I think we're doing a pretty good job. We do our best to uh, help those most in need uh, who have the, the most urgent civil legal issues. Thanks for diving into that. I'm really glad you provided that extra explanation and the differences between some of the different services. So you mentioned that students are a part of the Veterans Legal Clinic. So I was wondering if you could kind of provide an overview of that service provider side of it and talk about some of the ways that students are involved. Well, Michigan Law School is uh, one of the schools who is who has been in the top 14 law schools in the country since the US News and World Report rankings were established. So we have a, the, the law school has an excellent reputation. And uh, that's because uh, the faculty here uh, provide an outstanding education to our students and we draw um, uh, top-notch talented students. But much of their uh, legal education, uh, especially early on in their years in law school, is focused on 
studying cases that have already happened um, and looking at results, uh, appeals court and Supreme Court results that have, uh, uh, that have already happened. Um, and the law school clinic is an opportunity for students to actually get to handle cases themselves and see cases from the beginning to the end and really get a, get a feel for what it's like to be a lawyer while they're in school. And they get to practice with a net, uh, as we say, because they have licensed attorneys and, and professors um, supervising their work. We, uh, uh, so in, in the clinic, we usually have between 12 and 16 students any given semester who sign up for the Veterans Legal Clinic. Uh, the Veterans Legal Clinic is the newest of the law school clinics at the University of Michigan, um, University of Michigan Law School, uh, as uh, it is a top law school, but it is also one of the top clinical programs in the country and has as many law school clinics as any uh, law school in the country, uh, which we're very proud of. And uh, uh, the Veterans Legal Clinic, like I said, is the newest uh, in the, of the clinics here. It was founded in 2015. And... Uh, uh, we have students who sign up to, because they are excited about representing uh, veteran clients, and they're also excited about the opportunity to get into court and uh, represent uh, real people um, with, their, with their real life problems. And uh, the students, I teach a class that goes with the, with the clinic, and so they, the students learn different skills like interviewing, client interviewing, and discovery and trial skills and negotiation. And then they get to put that into practice with their real clients. And uh, we pair students up into pairs and each pair represents usually about five or six clients uh, at any given time during the semester. And, uh, and the students are given the case and it is their case and they have to figure out how to help uh, those individual clients. And, uh, uh, and so they're responsible for all aspects of the case. Uh, while being fully supervised by myself uh, and uh, right now, Carrie Floyd, who is the uh, uh, teaching fellow in the clinic. We make sure that they have the support they need, um, but they get the opportunity to, uh, to really do the, do the legal work and get a feel for the responsibility of being an attorney. It's so great to hear how this not only helps ensure veterans have access to legal services, but also how you're educating students to carry this work forward. So I'd love to hear just a little bit about um, you and where your work focuses and kind of how you came to direct the Veterans Legal Clinic at Michigan. Sure. Um, I am a graduate of uh, Michigan Law School. I was a, uh, a third year law student uh, 20 years ago. Uh, so I was uh, in my last year of law school when 9-11 happened. And uh, well, immediately after uh, graduating, I went to a big corporate law firm, as many of our students do. I spent two and a half years there, uh, but really was not satisfied with my work uh, there and wanted to do more public interest work. Um, and I left there and became a prosecutor uh, and was a prosecutor for a number of years uh, in a couple different places. And then, uh, and then got into clinical teaching 13 years ago and started teaching in a domestic violence clinic at the University of Cincinnati, um, was in a similar family law clinic at Cooley Law School, and then was hired at the University of Illinois to start the, the nation's first uh, elder financial exploitation clinic, and uh, was there for four years, got to build that program from scratch, 
And then uh, a little over four years ago, I was hired by the University of Michigan to direct the Veterans Liberal Clinic. So um, uh, I've been teaching in law school clinics for 13 years um, and uh, uh, I'm just so excited to be here at the University of Michigan. This was, I long have admired the clinical faculty here at the law school and have always loved the, the law school itself. Um, and I am just really excited to get to be a part of the, the faculty here and, uh, and to make a difference for the, for the veterans in the state of Michigan. A great story. And it sounds like you, well, clearly, when you're educating students, it is a very, you know, hands-on, like real experiences, as you mentioned, with the Veterans Legal Clinic. So, you know, through your teaching approaches and through the students' engagement in the clinic, how do these experiences that they receive from working in those areas help shape their educational outcomes and prepare them for careers in law? Well, I tell them every semester that they are going to leave the clinic ready to practice law. And that, that is, we have some students who are first, uh, first semester 2Ls, so they're really in their third semester of law school out of six. Um, but I feel confident uh, that after the end of the semester, each of them will feel ready to practice law. Um, they still will need, uh, you know, a lot of mentoring and a lot of assistance. Um, along the way, but uh, they'll at least know what the practice of law is all about, and uh, they will feel ready uh, to to help people. And uh, and I think that it's important they they the students feel the responsibility of being uh, someone's advocate and speaking for them. And we spend a lot of time talking about uh, uh, how best to do that, and we we focus on things like storytelling. Um, and how to tell people's, how to tell their clients stories and how to be persuasive. But they also get a feel for what it's like to, to help somebody um, who, who really needs help. And they understand the power that they have as attorneys to, to help people. And so while many of our students uh, leave the law school and do go into corporate practice and, and representing uh, businesses, uh, at least for some time, some period of their career, uh, many others, uh, after their experience in the clinic, choose to go into public interest work or uh, as, as a prosecutor or a public defender or as a legal aid provider. And, um, and hopefully the ones who do go to corporate um, uh, jobs still remember the feeling of helping somebody and they spend uh, time, carve out time in their careers to do pro bono work where they are helping individual people um, uh, and, and we would be really excited if they were helping veterans uh, coming out of this as well. We, uh, you know, I think they see the importance of paying back our veterans um, and uh, giving a little bit back to them for their service. Um, we also have a number of students who come into the clinic either as veterans themselves or who are interested in uh, joining the military as JAG officers after they leave the law school. And so right now, for example, we have three veterans in our clinic. And I think that they are excited about the opportunity to, to help fellow veterans. Our students, the, the, the fact that they've ended up at Michigan Law School means that 
when they left the military, things probably went fairly well for them. But I think they they know that a lot of for a lot of veterans, that's not necessarily the case. And uh, uh, there are circumstances, life circumstances or circumstances due to their time in the military that can make life difficult for for many veterans when they leave the service. And our veteran students um, really have an, uh, an appreciation for that. Um, and they're able to connect with, with our veteran clients in a unique way. Uh, it's really, I think they relish the opportunity to give back to, uh, to fellow veterans. And then the students who are looking to go into the JAG program are also excited to uh, get to work with veterans to get to see what the military is going to be like um, and uh, and to kind of get a preview of the work that they'll be doing um, in the JAG Corps as well. So uh, really we provide a, uh, quite a variety of, of opportunities for students um, with all kinds of backgrounds and interests and uh, uh, and I think that they find a lot of value in the in the clinic and, and the work with the veteran clients. Can you share some examples of some of the great work that has been done at the Veterans Legal Clinic, maybe some of the experiences and outcomes that you're most proud of? Sure. I think our most important work really is helping individual veterans. And so, um, you know, we make a difference, I think, most often uh, in the lives of, of, of veterans one by one. And uh, we have a a case right now where we're representing a veteran who has PTSD and some other issues from his time in combat. And uh, he just really wants to be an equal parent to his daughter. We are fighting for his right to do so. Um, uh, so those kinds of cases, when if I hope that we are ultimately successful in that case in getting him equal parenting time with his daughter, and, uh, and we will feel great about that. We had another case uh, where we had an elderly uh, Air Force veteran um, who had a uh, scrap metal collection that was basically his life savings. And a recycling company came in and he hired this recycling company to come in and take, take his scrap metal away and give him money back for it. And they came in and took, took the scrap metal and didn't give him the money that they had promised. Um, and we filed suit and uh, won a significant settlement for him in that case that uh, really made him uh, much more financially secure. And he was living in a house with no heat and no running water. And uh, uh, suddenly he had some money to be able to basically live a, a, uh, a reasonable lifestyle. Uh, we have another case where an elderly uh, veteran couple paid to have their uh, bathroom redone, and the contractor came in and tore up their bathroom. They also uh, asked him to put in a new furnace in their house, and he came and took their furnace away and brought in furnace that did not fit, and then he never came back and left and took their money, uh, $8,000, and with a bathroom that was destroyed and uh, and a furnace that, that didn't work. And we are still fighting that case now, uh, and that was two and a half years ago, and we've had lots of promises that that he would they would get the money back, and that hasn't happened, so we're still fighting that case now. So um, those, are, those are the kinds of cases where we can really help individual people, and we feel very good about that. Um, but occasionally, we do have a chance to make some more systemic change. Uh, a couple of years ago, we had a client come to us who was being pursued basically by the department, uh, by the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services for getting food assistance that uh, he legally should not have gotten. 
he was a veteran who was homeless for 30 years. Um, and then in, in the late 2000, about 2017, became housed uh, and applied for food assistance. He uh, uh, applied for the food assistance by filling out an application. He did not disclose on that application that he had felony drug convictions on one application it wasn't asked for and the other one was filled out by a social worker. Um, and uh, he received food assistance, which is just basic food stamps as we, as we think of it. And, uh, uh, and then they found out that he had this felony drug conviction in the past and they came after him for, to get those benefits back. Ultimately, we, we kept him from having to pay the benefits back and then we ultimately sued uh, the state of Michigan because of, based on, because we felt he was being discriminated uh, based on his disabilities that he had um, and because he was denied uh, due process. And the, the, the government, the Mich in state of Michigan uh, in, in 2020 received that complaint and decided to settle right away. Um, I think the governor was not happy with that uh, policy anyway. Uh, the policy basically was a lifetime ban for anybody who had a felony drug conviction on their record. And he, they, they settled with our client, um, gave him the maximum uh, settlement that he could take and still maintain his uh, Medicaid benefits. Um, and, uh, and then they changed the law. They wrote that out of the law um, so that it was no longer part of uh, the budget where it had, where it had sat, uh, where that restriction had sat for a long time. And then they affirmatively actually changed the law in the criminal justice reform packages that they passed at the end of 2020 to make that a permanent change so that uh, uh, no, nobody would be denied uh, basic food assistance for having a felony drug conviction on their record. You know, and that also goes much, much further towards establishing food assistance as a basic right for people, um, which we were very excited about, and our client was was very excited. He was he was happy that he that that this ordeal was over for him, but he was really pleased that he was able to make a difference uh, for other people. It's such powerful impact that you've been able to change for for veterans statewide and for individuals, as you mentioned. And we are, of course, having this conversation just days before Veterans Day. And so I want to ask from your unique perspective as the director of the Veterans Legal Clinic and your experience in providing top-notch legal services to veterans throughout Michigan, what is something that you feel everyone should remember or emphasize as they observe Veterans Day this year? Well, what I'm what I've been surprised at, uh, as someone who is not a veteran myself, um, uh, and who is you know just spent the last four years focused exclusively on veterans, though I've represented veterans over the over the years, how many veterans have had a tough time transitioning out of the military, even if they never saw combat? Um, you know, we have we have a lot of combat veterans now um, because we've been involved in wars for the last 20 years, and we also have a lot of Vietnam veterans uh, still around, um, and veterans of of the Gulf War and other other wars that have popped up. But there are a lot of veterans who have not seen combat as well, and uh, and many of them, uh, just like the combat veterans, have suffer from. Uh, post-traumatic stress disorder and other other issues um, that they have either have happened because of their military service or or maybe coincided with their military service and and many people have just had a tough time transitioning out of the military and into civilian life and I think that 
it's because our society really is a tough place to transition back into when you've been out of it. And the military is a very unique environment and our, uh, it, it's, it is a difficult environment, I think, for a lot of folks, but it also provides a lot of structure for them and a lot of community for, for many people who are in the military. And our society generally, I think, does not provide much structure for people and certainly has, has not provided a lot of community for a lot of folks in, uh, for a long time. And so I think that we have a lot of veterans coming back into regular everyday society and struggling to, to find jobs, to find some, some purpose, and, and that can snowball into some, some bad things for, for some veterans, and certainly not all veterans. Many veterans come out and, and do great, but, but there is a subset of folks, veterans, who do struggle. And I think we need to keep in mind that it is not just the folks who, who have seen combat, um, though they certainly uh, deserve our, our gratitude and assistance with anything they need. Um, but it's also many uh, veterans who have not necessarily been in combat roles, um, but have still served our country, um, done everything that was asked of them, and uh, uh, they need they need a little help and a little appreciation as well. And I hope that uh, on Veterans Day we take the opportunity to get to show that appreciation to them um, and to find some way uh, to help the veterans uh, that you know or that you encounter um, uh, in your lives. Thank you. So I've taken up our entire amount of time, and I, I am so appreciative of your um, willingness to give us this time and provide all of these wonderful insights and valuable information. So before we end the episode, I just wanted to ask if there's anything else that you want to share. I just want people to know uh, that if they know a veteran uh, in Southeast Michigan who has a legal issue, um, uh, a civil legal issue of some kind, um, who's facing uh, uh, housing insecurity or a family law issue or anything else um, that they can reach out to the Veterans Legal Clinic at the University of Michigan Law School. Um, we uh, try to help as many folks as we can. And when we can't, uh, we, can, we can try to refer people out to other services as well. Um, and uh, uh, we, would be, we would be happy to talk to anybody who, who may need us. Fantastic, thank you so much. Thank you, Erica. I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to the Michigan Minds podcast, a production of the University of Michigan. Join the conversation on social media with hashtag UMichImpact.